Well, hello and happy Monday. I am coming out of my summer break to bring you a special episode with Dale Partridge. Uh, As you guys know, I'm on summer break, so I'm not airing new content every week, but I am airing this because today is the launch date for Dale's new ministry and nonprofit organization, Mail the Gospel. So you will get to hear all about that, what it is, and how you can start using it and um, sharing the gospel with people far and wide in a unique and new way that you have probably not ever done before. So I'm I'm really excited about this ministry and this um, what they've created over there. It's just incredible. And aside from that, Dale is someone who um, totally embodies the mission and the heart behind this podcast, speaking the truth in grace boldly. And so I was um, just very grateful to get to hear from him and hear his wisdom and. Uh, thankful for what he shared. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Without any further ado, here's my conversation with Dale Partridge. All right. So today on Kindled, I'm chatting with Dale Partridge. Dale, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, I'm excited to chat with you. So um, for anyone who is unfamiliar with you and your ministry, would you just introduce yourself to tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, basics um, are... uh, yeah, I don't even know where to begin on these kind of questions, but I've <laughs> right. been married for uh, been married for almost 13 years to my wife, Veronica, and we got three kids, uh, eight, six, four, and uh, we live in uh, Cottonwood, Sedona area, Sedona, Arizona. It's hot. It gets about, you know, hundred degrees here uh, every day. And wow. uh, in terms of ministry, uh, I run a ministry called relearn.org which is just basically a Bible teaching ministry. I've, uh, I went to five years of seminary, Western seminary at the master's seminary, uh, grace Bible theological seminary. Uh, I'm still doing seminary. I don't know why. Um, it's one of those things you just keep learning and learning and learning, mm-hmm. but, um, we also, uh, run several different uh, other programs, including reformation seminaries I'm the president of a small seminary that teaches people how to plant, uh, biblical house churches. We have 75 guys, uh, all around the world. Uh, that are planting and uh, pastoring biblical house churches uh, in our network, which is called Reformation Fellowship. Um, and then um, on top of that, uh, I run a podcast uh, with about 30,000 weekly listeners called The Real Christianity. Um, and I've been doing that for several years. That's probably the core of our ministry is that podcast. Um, and so we've just been, um, I'm also a pastor. I pastor a house church here in our uh, little hometown here with about um, 10 families. And so, uh, yeah, that's been our, our ministry. Um, evangelism has become really the heart of what we do. I really think there's three key things. If you look at Christian ministry at the tip of the spear, what is the most important piece of Christian ministry? And it's proclaiming the gospel. It's planting churches And I would say the third one is printing Bibles. Mm. And so those three things really are at the forefront. God is always behind those things for the people that are faithful and that are true to doctrine. Um, And so it's proclaiming the gospel. It's planting churches. So we've done two of those. We uh, we're going to talk about obviously today on this episode about the evangelism side of proclaiming the gospel. Mm -hmm. And then our big heart is planting churches. Uh, We have guys in, you know, in uh, Africa and Australia and Canada and Sweden and Denmark and Mexico and Cuba and all over the United States. And so um, we don't print Bibles yet. 
Um, but maybe that'll be a thing in the future. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, our ministry is, is heavily online. Uh, you can follow us at relearn.org uh, on Instagram, um, at Dale Partridge on Twitter. And I'm one of those guys that's basically producing content 24 seven. So um, I get that world, but anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for having me here. Well, thank you. And yeah, I, um, I do get that world. I, I love that world. Sometimes that's, you know, sometimes I have to step away and, and actually get into like real, you know, face-to-face ministry. And so I'm enjoying a season actually where I'm kind of potentially ramping down a little bit in order to do that more, um, which is kind of fun for me. Uh, and I go to a church with a master seminary grad, my pastor's from there as well. So I have a lot of respect for, for, um, for that. And, and just what you guys, you know, just the truth that you are proclaiming on, on a weekly basis. Um, so I definitely want to talk first of all about this exciting new thing that you created and you've been working on for over a year and that is called mail the gospel. So I would love for you to give us, um, a, a little bit of a introduction to this idea. Where did this come from and, uh, what is it that you're doing exactly? Okay. So as we talked about before evangelism, the great commission, you know, we have to remember the great commission is not the great suggestion, right? It's something that we're called to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you went into the average church, you know, uh, how many people are at your church? 800 maybe. Okay. If you went into this church and you walk in and you go, Hey, how many of you want to share the gospel, want to tell the gospel to somebody else? you're going to have almost everybody in the church raise their hand. They're going to go, oh man, I would love to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. And when you see the numbers about how many people actually share the gospel in contrast to how many people want to share the gospel, um, it's really a sad statistic. Uh, You know, in healthy churches, you might get about 10% where about 80 of those people are sharing the gospel. Now we love Mm -hmm. talking about Jesus. We love talking about the Bible. We love saying Uh, mentioning our faith or having Mm -hmm. faith-like conversations. But in terms of a biblical gospel, I mean, a bad news, good news gospel, where you're talking about, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're, you're not autonomous. You were made, you're under God's law. You've broken his law. You're in rebellion to him. You're going to suffer the consequences of eternal hell. If you don't repent and believe in Christ alone, Christ's Mm -hmm. righteousness will be imputed to you through faith. That whole gospel message, it, it doesn't get translated that often. Um, and there's a handful of reasons for that. Um, and, and I would even say in unhealthy churches, which sadly is, there are many, um, mm-hmm. I would say it's like less than 3% of those people. So there's a huge desire for people who want to share the gospel, yet they're not sharing the gospel. And so uh, before I was in ministry, I was in the business world and the Lord had prepared me for ministry through the business world. Um, just very entrepreneurially. And I've been thinking about solving problems. Now, the Mm -hmm. best ideas solve problems. Now, the best ideas of those ideas solve urgent, required, and painful problems. Mm. Okay. There's a reason that antidepressants continue to crush it in the market. Why? Well, because for people, they're solving urgent, painful, and required problems. Now it's a whole nother discussion theologically about that, but you, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, it's the same reason why, you know, something else that, uh, you know, might not solve those problems, urgent, required, and painful doesn't sell that well. And so now I went out and I saw this problem. I go, wow, this is an urgent, it's a required, and it's a painful problem. People want to share the gospel, but they're not. And so I asked the question, why, 
why aren't we sharing the gospel? And it really came down to three reasons. The, the first one is they're afraid of rejection. Um, they're afraid to have somebody say, uh, to get angry with them, to tell them that they're an idiot, to tell them mm -hmm. that, you know, that not interested or stop the relationship because they find out that you're a Christian or whatever it might be. So there's this fear of rejection is probably the primary um, reason we don't share the gospel. Uh, the second reason is there's a lack of theological understanding so that you are feeling inadequate to eloquently proclaim the gospel or yeah. to accurately proclaim the gospel. You know, the gospel is one of these messages that you can write on a napkin and you can mm -hmm. also write a thousand page book on. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's one of these things where you go, ah, I feel like I, I know the gospel, but I don't know if I could communicate it that well. And mm -hmm. so they're, they're intimidated in their inability to, uh, uh, proclaim that. And that just is a required, we need to have better expository preaching. We need to have more theological studying. We need to have more practice. Um, and that happens not that often in churches either. Um, and then the third reason that people are really afraid or not sharing the gospel is because they're afraid of the apologetic questions that come as a result of evangelism. So you get a question, you know, you preach the gospel to someone and they're like, yeah, but you know, what about, you know, evolution or what about moral relativism or what about the big mm -hmm. bang theory or what about, you know, you name your, your, you know, scientific issue. What about the dinosaurs or why does a good God let evil happen in the world? Or, you know, what about LGBT mm -hmm. and, and all these questions, these apologetic questions that are coming at you, they feel, uh, you know, not prepared to respond biblically to those things. And so there's, there's basically a giant wall. Um, that's a very intimidating wall. I mean, I, I went to seminary and I did the Greek and did the Hebrew and did the exegesis and did the studying and wrote the papers. And, and it's still even can be intimidating for me. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and so it's one of those things that we, we need training. Um, we need to, uh, to be prepared to do that. Now, the problem still is there and we go, well, the gospel still needs to go out. So how can we create something where anybody who wants to share the gospel can do so with anyone, anywhere? And so we got together and we wrote um, three different gospel tracks, basically the same primary gospel, but uh, two of them have different introductions and conclusions because they're dealing with people in a certain circumstance. Mm -hmm. So our primary gospel is a straight gospel message. Our second gospel is for those who are maybe dealing with depression, anxiety, and worry. And our third gospel track is the same message, but it's dealing with somebody that maybe had tragedy or trials or sickness or grieving. And so it's meeting people where they're circumstantially at. And we wrote these gospel tracks. I wrote one of them, a couple other gentlemen um, uh, wrote Dr. Just, uh, Dustin Benj, um, uh, Jesse Randolph, another TMS grad, um, wrote these gospel tracks, and they were theologically reviewed by several different other pastors and seminary grads. And we really tighten these things up to make them really strong, mm -hmm. coherent tracks. Now, most tracks are terrible. They're ugly. They're put on terrible paper. And I just go, are we really going to say that this is the most important message on earth and then put it on the crappiest paper we could find? Right. Um, that's, true. Gen yeah. that's generally what happens with gospel tracks. And so we wanted to reinvent the tract itself and go, okay, let's make these instead of tracts, let's make them books that are instead are more like sermons written on paper. 
Um, because sermons tend to be the place that most people find their conversion story. They heard the word preached. And so we wanted to put together these tracks, these beautifully designed tracks, and I'm going to show them to you right here. So uh, these are the three tracks right here. Um, they are on this wonderful, what's called a felt touch paper. Oh, so wow. it's just a really nice paper. It's got a, um, it's hard to see here, but these are all gold foiling here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're you know, really beautiful. Is, they're yeah. beautiful. And they're not that, uh, they're not that thick. Now they can be read in eight to 12 minutes, each one of them. So it's not a gospel message. That's like, you know, 30 seconds. It's also not a gospel message. That's like 45 minutes. It's right in that place where you go, okay, it's thorough enough to get a really good comprehension of the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, but not so quick that you have a lot of questions. Right. And so we put these together. Now we have these tracks. Um, now we want to allow anyone in the world to mail one to somebody else. So you can go to mailthegospel.org and you can enter your information and you can choose a tract and then you can enter the mailing address of any person you want to mail this gospel tract to. And you can also send it personalized or anonymously, mm-hmm. which is wonderful because yeah. we encourage people to send it personalized. Mm-hmm. We want you to engage in that communication with this individual. However, let's just say that you have a family member who you shared the gospel with before. Uh, and if they hear the gospel message from from you, they're going to reject it just because it's from you. Right. Um, and a lot of us have those family members. And so you can mail it to these people anonymously. Mm-hmm. Um, you can mail it to that neighbor or to your boss or whatever it might be anonymously. And um, when they, they are uh, mailed, they come in this package. If you're not listening to the audio version, you can see this video, mm-hmm. but it's just a package that says someone loves you. Um, there's no clue to what's in it. You can open it up. The other cool thing is that you can add a Bible to your order. So uh, we partnered with Crossway uh, in the ESV translation. Uh, they donated uh, several thousand Bibles wow. to us. Um, and we are essentially uh, able to, you can get a tract, you can get a Bible, um, and then you can mail it off to somebody. Now we're a complete nonprofit. All of the money goes back into us purchasing more Bibles and us printing more tracks and us having people do the fulfillment and doing the web mm-hmm. development, all of that, yeah. there's no yeah. money to be made. Um, yeah. And this is just in English. So let's wow. just imagine what this breaks into Spanish into Portuguese and to Korean and to Arabic and to Mandarin. And, and so our heart is just to see millions of people mail the gospel. Now, Haley, at the end of the video on the homepage, um, I put, I made a statement that said, um, we're not here to replace evangelism, right? We're here to nurture it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a key thing that, um, that I think would be, I think it's important that we understand we're not here as a desire to go, Hey, stop preaching the gospel, just mail it instead. Right. <laughs> no, we're saying, we're saying, no, preach the gospel when you can mail it when you can't, mm-hmm. um, and there's situations like that all the time. You're at, a, you're at a conference and you're sitting at a table with 15 different people at lunch and you're talking to someone about your faith and mm-hmm. it might not be the best situation to you know, talk about the gospel fully. So you go, hey, can I get your address? I'd love to mail you something. And you write them a, a message, a personalized message. Yeah. Hey, you know, Krista, it was really great talking with you. Check this out. Let's talk next week. And so right. I think it's going to solve many 
many problems. And my hope yeah. is just that more people know about it. Man. I mean, it's, it's so good. Like you said, the best, uh, or the hardest problems require the best solutions, but like, it's so obvious almost. It's funny that nobody did this before now, isn't it? I mean, nobody thought of this, but it's like, it's the most basic concept. Like, man, it's so hard to share the gospel face to face. Oh, how about we use the mail? <laughs> it's kind of funny, right? but it's genius because you've done it in such a way that, um, is obviously, you know, uh, you had this great website, I'm sure developed where there's a lot that goes into that of having people be able to go on and have this shipped and be able to customize it. I mean, that's like a full blown operation right there. Um, and I am a web designer, so I know that that actually like, wow, that's, that's a big thing to develop. Um, but it just sounds like, man, that is going to supplement. So in, in such awesome ways, you know, people's capacity to share truth and hope with people. I mean, I, I just love the whole idea. Well, thank you. And yeah, we are, we care about design. Yeah. Uh, we think that design tells people, um, if you care about the details, you'll care mm -hmm. about us. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, you can have good design and bad service and you can have good service and bad design. We wanted to have both. And so, yeah, the, the, the gentleman that designed the front end of the site, he's, a world-class developer or designer. Mm -hmm. And then we had it developed on a custom framework so that in case somebody wanted to cancel us, we couldn't be canceled. I mean, we, we've done so much mm -hmm. uh, from the back end. And the cool thing is that this entire project was donor funded. Wow. And so, um, you know, which, which was not cheap. I mean, it was almost 50 grand just to get going. Yeah. Um, but we, we put it out to our donors and it was just like within a week, they funded it. And so yeah. God is doing something here. And yeah, we're just so excited to get uh, another resource for the Great Commission. So awesome. So as you were talking just, just a second ago, about, uh, a second ago, saying that this is not a replacement, this, you know, we still should be sharing the gospel, sharing truth with our friends. Well, actually, before I even ask you that, I want to go back to something that you said at the beginning where you said uh, there's a difference. There's a difference between a, a bad news, good news, gospel presentation, and just sharing your faith, quote unquote, which I really like how you put that, because I think that, um, that difference right there actually is something that, that probably many Christians don't fully understand the difference. They, you know, when they, when they think about, well, yeah, I share my faith all the time because I, people know I go to church or I mention church or I mention my small group, or I maybe mention Jesus or God, like in passing in the conversation. So I'm sharing my faith. Right. But could you help us understand what does it actually mean to share the gospel versus just sharing about the fact that you have some faith of some kind? Yeah. So this is a great question. Um, yeah. The, the Bible never tells us to share our faith. Um, the Bible tells us to proclaim the gospel, to be re ready in season and out of season. Mm -hmm. um, and the gospel message is um, we, we have to remember that nobody ever came to faith because you told them you went to church. Um, and it says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And so we need the audible preaching of the word or the reading of the word. And so there's only two ways that someone is saved. They either read the word of Christ or they heard the word of Christ. And, uh, both of those words are scripture. And so mm -hmm. we need to constantly be willing to speak up and to use our words um, you know, Romans ch uh, chapter 10, before that verse 17 talks about how are they going to hear if you don't send a preacher? 
um, how beautiful are the feet of those who are sending the gospel of good news. And so we need to do that. The other thing we need to realize in Romans chapter three, which is again, the book of Romans, I'm actually teaching through it right now. It is the greatest book on earth. Uh, it has produced Romans. more, yeah, it's produced more conversions than any other, um, any other Christian document in history mm. uh, and any other book, uh, theolo- you know, uh, written by um, the apostles or written by someone throughout church history. It's just an amazing mm. book. Now in Romans chapter three, Paul starts in verses 18 through 23. He starts the presentation of the gospel right before that. He says, you know, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's the power of God to save. And he talks about that, but then he goes into the gospel presentation and he, he starts off with this idea of the wrath of God um, is revealed against all ungodliness and righteousness of men. So he doesn't start with the love of God. He doesn't start with the benefits of God. He doesn't start talking about God in terms of the sense. He doesn't start trying to convince them that there is a God. He doesn't accommodate people's feelings. He doesn't use dumbed down language. He goes straight at it with straight biblical language. um, And he goes, starts with the wrath of God, because if there's no bad news, then there's no good news, right? The bad news is what makes the good news so good. And so you can't, it's a, it's a basic premise, right? A sick person won't seek healing if they don't realize they're sick. And so we need to let people know that they're under the wrath of God they're born into sin. Sin is not just an act, it's a condition. We're born into sin. We sin from birth. You know, I think it was R.C. Sproul who said, um, we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. Uh, we were born that way. You don't have to teach a child to sin. If you have little kids, you know this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need to understand that they're in rebellion to God's commandments, that they're under the wrath, that if they died in that very moment, um, they would face eternal damnation. And they, they, wow, that's such a shocker. Well, it's because they don't, they don't understand the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot there that needs to be covered. And that's why being trained in presenting the gospel, studying the gospel, you know, people think that the gospel is just for the lost. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The gospel's for the saved. We need it every day. It doesn't mean yeah. that we lose our salvation and gain it back. We keep our salvation, but God teaches us how to proclaim the good news through our own comprehension of how we were saved. And so we need to study that. We need to um, be prepared uh, to give an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the, the full gospel. And so a couple of resources, I'll tell you. Um, one, I did a podcast called What is the Gospel? Uh, there's a book uh, by Greg Gilbert, um, from nine marks, the little black book, take you an hour and a half to read called what is the gospel. That's another great resource. Um, and, and so yes, we need to get people out there to do that. Yeah, that's so helpful. And like you just said, we need, we, we can actually use our own comprehension of our own testimony when, when we were saved to just think back through what was the realization for you? Because, I have shared this before, but, you know, I remember being nine years old, having been fighting with my brother, my mom, you know, it was one of those fights where it deserved some extra attention. And she sat us down and really took the time to point out that our constant bickering was a result of the fact that we were sinful and that our sin 
made us in need of forgiveness from God because we were breaking his law by constantly doing this. And, and she just really took the time with, for, for some reason that day, I think it was actually a summer day. So maybe we just had more time that day, but she really drew each piece of like my sin, my wrongdoing to my need for Jesus. And I had heard of course about God and Jesus since every day, since I had been born, But for some reason, when it was really tied to my own sin and the guilt and the weight of really knowing I had been wrong, all of that, it penetrated my heart in that moment. And that was the the time I very most clearly remember, like just weeping and saying again and again, he didn't have to do it for me. He didn't have to do it for me. You know, that is the, the type of realization where I draw back on that. And I'm like, she had to tell me the truth. Like she had to really kind of, you know, put salt in the wound before she gave me the, the healing, you know, the healing message and the truth of Jesus's blood. Like that's, I had to know that I needed it. I had to actually see that I was guilty and that I was sinful. And, um, I just go back to that all the time. And and I know that it's, it's very uncomfortable for us to, to have to sometimes say that to peers or, you know, it's, it's one thing for a mother to tell a child, but, It's obviously another when it's a friend or a sister or, you know, a neighbor and, and that can be hard, but, um, but I think it's encouraging just to remember that, you know, that is what God used in my life and he can, and does use that in the lives of others. And I need to be obedient with that. Amen. You know, one thing I was thinking about when you were saying this, you know, you're talking about when we have this opportunity and you actually present the gospel and someone actually you know, goes back home and that penetrates their heart. And the Lord does a new birth moment. You're born again. You see your sin, you repent of your sin, you believe in Christ and everything's changed, right? You've gone from spiritual death to spiritual life. You know, that's again, like the main hope that we we have for these gospel tracks. And one of the things that I was thinking about Haley at the end of, of our, at the end of our tracks, you go, okay, what do we do next? Mm -hmm. Uh, What happens after a conversion moment? you know, yours happened when you were a little girl, what happens to someone if they're sitting there reading one of these tracks? Um, we have a couple next steps at the end that I think are vital. So you can like think about this for individuals is that one, we're going to have send people back to what's called mail the gospel.org forward slash welcome. And what that does is going to say, Hey, do you want to talk to a pastor? Do you want to uh, get a Bible? Cause maybe your order didn't come with a Bible. You don't have one. Do you need to find a church, which we want to get these people connected? You know, TMS, uh, the master seminary has a church finder. Um, I'm going to connect that church finder. Nine marks is a church finder. Uh, our, our thing, Reformation fellowship has a church finder and we want to get people from conversion into a church, right? So that was a big step for you as a little girl, like you were already in the church, but the big step is that like, we need to go from conversion to the people of God and, and have a Bible and understand it and be in, in God's word. And so it's such an important part of bridging that gap. Um, and we want to make sure that that's, that's, I just want to let you guys know that are listening, that that's a priority for us too. It's not just like, here's the gospel and like, go find it somewhere else, you know? Um, and so that's a priority. Okay. I'm interrupting this episode to bring you a small announcement slash advertisement. And that is, Firestarters. Those are my episodes that come out every weekend, and they are just me and the mic sharing truth inside the Locals app, which is different app from your podcast app. It is a private community where it is only the content is exclusive for subscribers. And so if you want to continue hearing from me over the summer, you can join us in there. Uh, the 
place to subscribe and join that group is kindledpodcast.locals.com. You will get a episode every week that is 30 minutes or less on some topic that is going to spur you on in your faith, encourage you, build you up, speak the truth in grace boldly. You know, the same thing that you can find here, but it is just going to be me and the mic typically, unless I have on a special guest, which does happen sometimes. But um, yeah, join us inside Firestarters at kindledpodcast.locals.com. Yes, I think that even even for some Christians, I think that's that's a huge challenge is really getting plugged into a local church that is biblical and is going to shepherd them and disciple them and help them grow. And, um, you know, I think that's amazing that you guys are are helping them take the next step. So love to hear that. Um, So as far as helping people, you know, I I know this is really what your ministry does already. You already are, are edifying people with your podcast, with obviously your local ministry as a pastor. Um, but helping them kind of grow in, um, you know, in, in obedience, but also maybe in love, uh, is, is it love for people that, that drives us through that fear, that doubt, that worry, those things that are very real for all of us. I don't think that you ever necessarily totally outgrow any of those human fleshly responses, but, you know, is it love? What's, what's the motivator, I guess, that gets you beyond that, that makes you go, yes, I'm afraid, or yes, I doubt that my ability, but here's, here's the motivator. Like, what is that? Is it love for God, love for people? Like what, what would you say to that? Yeah. Um, that's a fantastic question. I'm actually pulling up, um, Romans real quick because it just answers that question better than, than I can. You know, when we have this, there's a passage that I read a second ago, it's for, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Okay, so first off is that if you love people as a Christian, you will share the gospel. I often say that saved people love talking about their savior. Mm-hmm. Saved people love talking about their savior. If you don't love talking about your savior, it's likely you're not saved. And now in America, it's easy to say because millions of people have come to the church without ever coming to Christ. Mm. And this is a dangerous place to be because Dr. Steve Lawson, who was my preaching professor, he said, um, the only thing worse than not having the assurance of salvation is having the false assurance of salvation. It's to believe you're saved and not be saved. And so, um, First John, if you want to look up a message on, you know, Paul Washer does a message on First John, knowing if you're saved or not, that'll, that'll be a great uh, resource for somebody to listen to if you're concerning that. I know John MacArthur also wrote a book called Saved Without a Doubt, um, and that'll walk through uh, the reality of determining if you're actually uh, showing the fruit of someone who's been saved. Mm-hmm. Now, we get back to the question that you asked, Haley, is that um, what's the driver, the motive behind it? Well, the motive is the same that it is for, for Paul is that we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not afraid of the gospel because uh, it's the power of God to save everyone who believes. So we care more about the souls of other than our comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you really believe the gospel and you can't even believe that, uh, you can't even prioritize a soul over your comfort unless you know it's true in your own soul. Mm-hmm. And so it starts from your own, it's an extension from your own testimony, right? Um, when it says it's the righteousness of God 
uh, revealed from faith to faith. So we have to remember that the righteousness of God is really the righteousness from God. Jesus Christ is the righteousness from God. We need to be made righteous. We are unrighteous. We are born unrighteous and therefore condemned, therefore under the wrath of God. Therefore, our greatest need is to be found righteous. And how do we get to be righteous? Well, the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. And it's Jesus Christ is our righteousness. I always tell people that, you know, we have to understand the gospel is that we are, the gospel is, is the best deal on earth. What do we give to Christ? We give Jesus our sin and through faith, he gives us his righteousness. Right. The, the very thing that we need, which is righteousness, he gives it to us. So we're found righteous. And so um, when you understand the mechanics of the gospel, like when you tell people about what is faith Mm -hmm. um, in the Western eyes, I always say faith is like trust and trust is what, what are you trusting Jesus to do? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you have faith in Christ to do? It's not just believing in something that's unseen. We think that, Oh, we have faith all the time. You hop inside the cab and you have faith in the driver and you drink the water out of your sink because you have faith that it's going to be healthy. And I go, no, that's mathematical probability. Uh, we just go, well, we've always done it that way. And it'll always do that. And we know this people, you know, all around us do that. So therefore we will do it. You know, faith and entrusting your soul, the very thing that the most important thing uh, in existence to you, your soul, faith, trust. What are we trusting Jesus to do with our souls? Well, we're trusting him to earn that righteous verdict for us that we can't earn. Wow. And so, so we, we need to just have these gospel mechanics in place. And when those are in place, love will drive us. Yeah. We will want to preach the gospel because we love our savior and we love people. We don't want them to be lost. And we're willing to put our necks out there as Paul did. Um, you know, Paul wrote this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel after he'd been stoned after he'd been imprisoned, after he'd been beaten with lashes, you know, 39 plus one, like all that, because he cared more about the souls than he does his comfort because he loves God and he loves people. Yeah. Wow. That's so encouraging and convicting. You know, I think, I I think of relationships in my own life where, you know, I, I've been like Paul in a sense, almost, um, yeah, that sounds ridiculous, but not at all, not at all persecuted like Paul, but you know, um, had people get angry at me, had people, you know, stop talking to me and, and, and often what that produces is a, okay, all right, I'll leave them alone. I'll let them be, you know? And, and of course there's, there's relational like wisdom and discernment of knowing like, when is it time to, you know, it's not always time, right? There's, there's some, you can build up time and capital and, and pray to, for God to show you that opportunity and, and make that clear. But at the same time, um, it's so easy to allow that, like that persecution, like Paul had to cause us to then stay quiet. Right. And mm-hmm. okay. I learned my lesson from that. I guess the lesson I should draw is uh, sharing truth gets people to hate you, <laughs> which yes, <laughs> the, Jesus promised us that. Right. But, um, but just to recall, like all the things you're saying are, are so encouraging that, um, having those mechanics in place and, and loving our savior. I mean, it's, it's going to be very hard for you not to share, especially when you see just the way that so many people are living, just the darkness that so many people are, um, you know, uh, drowning in really in the oppression and the spiritual darkness and, and 
oftentimes physical darkness of addiction or of loneliness or despair. Like, I mean, there's just so much that man, like the gospel is the message they need. There's nothing else they need. They don't need to hear about how, you know, my moralism or my stopping doing this or starting doing that helped me. They don't need to hear that. Right. Cause that's like heaping the law on them. That's like saying, well, if you just follow this 10 step program and they're like, I've done it all, you know, I don't, I don't need that, but the gospel is literally, it's what they need. And so, um, it's just convicting to me to, to just get back to the basics and to, um, you know, not think that we can be more loving than God by kind of offering our humanly wisdom, I think is often the temptation that maybe there's another way for me to help this person than sharing the gospel that God has given me to share. And there isn't, there's nothing more loving, you know, we are not yeah. more loving than God. No, Haley, you hit it perfectly right there. I'm actually really impressed with your comprehension of the gospel. That was really good. And in the sense of the, what we want to do human flesh, what we de- desire is this, we desire to, to um, preach the gospel without persecution. And uh, th- that is our priority with, without saying it. And um, we have to remember what Jesus said, a, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Mm-hmm. If they're not persecuting you, it's because you're not preaching the true gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the reason people reject the gospel is because they love their sin. That's John chapter three. It talks about that is that the light came into the world um, and they pushed out the light because they love darkness. Mm-hmm. And, and so we are absolutely, um, we need to expect the same results you know, I think it was Steve Lawson also that said, uh, you know, the wrong thing the, the, you know, the major thing wrong with preachers today is that nobody wants to kill them. Um, and that, that's the <laughs> truth is that, is that we need well, to be willing to, yeah. to preach at that gospel message. Mm-hmm. And obviously the world needs it. Um, and we are entering into a time where, yeah, people will really genuinely hate you. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, the, the Lord's sovereign over these things. Um, we're called to be faithful. I like what you said, discernment. Not every time is the right time. Um, you need to be led by the spirit. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you know, my hope again, which is with mail, the gospel is that it gives you another alternative, right? It's sometimes it's, you need a face to face. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. it's a text message. Sometimes it's sending them a sermon. Sometimes it's mailing them the gospel. Um, and that in combination with prayer, the Lord saves people. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's our, our central hope here. So great. Um, for the person listening, who's like, you know, I don't have a heart to share with my friends. Um, what would you say to that person? Or, or I, I don't have, I don't feel, um, compelled to want to share. Is that it, like, is that a straw man? Does that even exist within Christians? Or do you said most people want to share? So that's usually the, the issue is that they want to, but they don't know how, right. Or is, is there an issue with people maybe not even wanting to share and just kind of wanting to be, um, I don't know, to, to have relationship without the truth having to be a part of it. Yeah. So there's, there's a difference between people who want to share and don't Yeah. and people who don't want to share. Right. Okay. So a lot of the church wants to share and doesn't. Yeah. I think there's some unique circumstances and exceptions for people that are maybe baby Christians who don't want to share, maybe because they just don't understand it quite yet. The Lord sure. just, just revealed these things to them. However, my experience is that someone that's born again is like in a cage stage, right? They're just like, I need yeah. to go tell everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you yeah. go, Hey, like, that's good. But you know, let's get some doctrine straight before you start telling everybody false doctrine. Sure. Um, and so there, there's an element there. I would say if you don't have a desire, 
you really need to find out if you're born again. Now, what I mean by that is this. I was, uh, I was in the church since I was 21. Um, I'm 37 now. And I wasn't saved until four years ago. So I was pastoring unsaved. Okay. Now that's a crazy statement to hear for people. Um, we have to remember that Martin Luther had a doctorate in theology before he was saved. Okay. John Wesley was a missionary to the Americas after having a doc or having his master's from Oxford in theology uh, before he was saved. He was doing all that missionary work. He was a deacon in the Anglican church before he was saved. Um, this, you know, John Calvin's story is, is similar. I mean, um, when you, in America, we will do the legalism thing. We'll do the religious thing. We'll do the moralism thing. Um, and so, uh, I don't want to project my story on anybody else. Um, but, um, but we, we need to realize that that could be the case. And so if you don't have assurance, absolute assurance, absolute gospel clarity, absolute passion for the lost. Um, and sure you might not be sharing because you're intimidated, but if you don't have that passion in you, if you're not having the scriptures unfold before your eyes, if you're not seeing your prayers be answered, if you're not having a, a growing, uh, maturity in the word, continued holiness, continued grace in your life, um, then yeah, it's worth, it's worth examining. Um, you know, Paul even says, um, you know, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Yeah. Um, and so this is a biblical concept and it should make people feel unsettled. I'd rather you feel unsettled and then find out that you're assured through examination, than make you feel comfortable and you're actually lost. And right. so, um, so yeah, it's a really important, um, thing to examine if you don't have a heart for these things, because it's true of Christians historically, it's true of Christians in scripture. And if it's not true of you, that's a red flag. Yeah. That's so helpful. Um, and, and encouraging because I don't think that, you know, I think, like you said, just the Americanization of Christianity has made us, um, you know, there's a lot of syncretism, I think that especially within the modern church where it's like Christianity is just one more message for people to hear, just like love yourself or, your, your, your truth is, is true for you. And my truth is true for me. I mean, it's not one more message. It's not on par. It's not one more option or one more, you know, one more book to read. It's just not, we can't, um, you know, uh, water it down to that. And, and so I think, you know, the fear is that in saying that there is a, uh, that you're in or out, it's, it's not that we're saying we're the judge, right? Like God is the only one who can condemn, but there's, it's loving to, to ask that question of both yourself and of others, because it is not loving to, you know, uh, love someone all the way into hell, quote unquote loves, you know what I mean? Like if, if what you're doing is actually refusing to tell them the truth, well, and you believe that hell is a real place and that we really are deserving of God's wrath without Christ. Well, then there's only one conclusion that can be drawn. And, um, and, and I know that, you know, a, a lot of people are uncomfortable with that conversation because they don't want to be the judge and the jury. And they're like, well, that's what, you know, it's on God to judge. But like you just said, what was the passage you said, examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. Um, I don't yeah. know the reference, but yeah, I think it's Philippians. I can't remember. 
but yeah, I mean, I think that, um, it's encouraging just to hear that, uh, that is, that should be our posture, both towards, um, ourselves and to those that, that are around us. And, and even those that we are in church with or in small group with, like, I think so often, I think it's just comfortable for us to assume everyone's a Christian. Right. And, and like you said, that's not necessarily always the case. And, and again, it's not for me to be the, um, the, the final say on that, but to really encourage people to search their hearts, to, you know, search the scriptures and to ask God to reveal, um, truth to them there. And to, you know, as Psalm, uh, 139 says, you know, search me, oh God, and know my heart and see if there's any way within me that is, that is errant. And so, yeah, this is, that is essential. I've actually, and as a pastor, I've met several couples where say the wife is a believer and she married a man who said he was a Christian and went to church. And mm-hmm. over the years is revealed that like she, she, the epiphany moment comes where she goes, wow, maybe he's not actually saved. Yeah. He's just a religious moralist. We have to remember that, you know, Caiaphas, who's the high priest that killed Jesus, he's the guy on earth that's supposed to know more about God than anyone else. And he's the one that killed the Messiah. Mm. Okay. So, so like knowledge about God, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, I have a friend who was in the church of Christ um, and they're just, you know, I, I can't speak to every one of those churches, but several of them are legalists, legalist doctrine. And, um, they were in this church for their whole life. Um, and God finally saved them, absolutely saved them out of that. They thought they were saved the entire time until the Lord went boom and saved them. And with the true gospel, and it was with yeah. actually through the book of Romans. And yeah. so we have to just examine and, and really look at ourselves Um, And then our our loved ones, you know, obviously we need to encourage them to look at themselves and to, you know, it's a thing with our own children, but it it is, it's a hard thing to do, but woe is it worth doing? Yeah, absolutely. Man. Well, I, I could certainly talk to you uh, about this topic for much longer, but I'm so thankful that you had this idea um, and that God really enabled this to all happen. I mean, it's been a year in the making, right? It has. Yeah. One year when we launched in June, it'll be, uh, yeah. One year. Wow. That's just incredible. I cannot wait to see what he does through this. And, um, I'm looking forward to being able to use it as well. I mean, I, I can already think of several situations where it would be a perfect kind of follow-up and a, a perfect supplement to conversations I've already had that, you know, um, it just even kind of reopening the door. Hey, did you get that thing I sent, you know, and let's, let's, meet for coffee, you know, that sort of thing would be just perfect. So, um, super excited about it. Remind us what, the, what the website is. Yeah. Mail the gospel.org, uh, will be the, uh, the main website to get to. And again, you can always follow our ministry at relearn.org. You could find me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then my podcast at real Christianity. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about this. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I pray that that episode encouraged and built you up in your faith and just uh, really lit a fire inside of you for the gospel, for sharing God's truth with others. And I hope you will um, take advantage of this website and ministry and use that. I for sure will be doing that. And I'm really excited uh, for that to maybe be able to open up some conversations that have kind of been closed and uh, fallen stale for a while. I think that this is just a genius idea. So 
Uh, thanks again to Dale for coming on, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your summer, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.